0: This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with them for the usual daily wage, he sent them into the vineyard. Going out about nine o'clock, the landowner saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you too, go into my vineyard and I will give you what is just. So they went off. And he went out again around noon and around three o'clock and did likewise. Going out about five o'clock, the landowner found others standing around and said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They answered, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you too, go into my vineyard. When it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said to his four men, summon the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and ending with the first. When those who had started about five o'clock came, each received the usual daily wage. So when the first came, they thought they would receive more. But each of them also got the usual daily wage. And on receiving it, they grumbled against the landowner saying, these last ones worked only one hour, and you have made us equal to them equal to us who bore the day's burdens and the heat. He said to one of them in reply, My friend, I am not cheating you. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I wish to give this last one the same as you? Or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? Thus the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. <clears throat> this Sunday, we begin the 20th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. That passage we just heard is the first 16 verses. I hope you'll go home and reopen that and reflect on it this week. There is a lot in that parable. I'm going to focus, because of something we do every year on this weekend that I'll get to in the second part of this, I'm going to focus on one very narrow but very important dimension of that parable. Jesus says at the beginning of the parable that it is about the kingdom of God. Hopefully we all know this. The kingdom of God is the central message of all of Jesus' preaching. The kingdom of God is the final stage of humanity, which Jesus, the Savior of the world, begins in this sinful fallen world when he breathes salvation into this world. Anybody from 2,000 years ago until the end of time who makes the decision to live as an authentic disciple of Jesus, to follow him and live his love in this world, becomes part of the kingdom of God, and part of building the kingdom of God in whatever time we live. The kingdom of God becomes complete and eternal in heaven. So Jesus says that this parable is about the kingdom of God, not about the whole story, one, many dimensions, important revelations. It is not about how to run a business. If you ran a business this way, it would collapse. It has nothing to do with an ideal economic system the communists tried it. It did not work. It is about God, and it's about people who choose to grow in God. So in the story that Jesus makes up, there's a landowner. Jesus' time and place, it's very common, and it's in, as well today in many areas of the, of the economy, that landowners would go out and hire people to work on an hourly basis, either for the whole day or for part of the day. People do that in Massachusetts still. The daily wage is, we had this last week in the gospel, a denarius. A denarius equals the daily wage for a laborer. And we talked about last week to put this in Massachusetts terms today. Current Massachusetts minimum hourly wage is $15. So the day is a long day. It goes potentially, if you work the whole thing, from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., At $15 an hour, Tim Tully, please follow my math because you're better at it than I am, so correct me. You would make $180 if you work the full day. In the story, the landowner goes out at 6 a.m. and he hires laborers. They mutually agree. It's a very fair wage on the usual daily wage, 12 hours. They go into the vineyard and get to work. At 9 o'clock, he needs more workers. So he goes out and he sees people standing idle all through this. They're not idle because they're slackers. They haven't been hired yet. He hires these people at 9 o'clock and he says, I will give you the fair wage, which would be nine hours at $15 an hour would be $145. Is that correct? Whoa. Hey, I'm a genius. All right. So he goes out and he does the same at noon. Those people are going to make... Six hours at $15 would be $90, $90, thank you. Three o'clock, those people are gonna work three hours, they'll make $45, and then at five o'clock he still needs workers, he hires them, they say no one has hired us, they go and they work for one hour. What will they be paid? $15, thank you, LCA, $15 and we do need to improve our math scores, so that's encouraging. So, the landowner at 6 p.m. brings in all the workers and he intentionally has the ones who were hired last paid first. They go up, how much are they gonna make? $15, instead he pays them $180. He pays them the full day's denarius. It's like last week, that just this ginormous surprise. How many of you have been around, you work one hour and you got paid $180 when you deserve 15? None of us, none of us has ever experienced that. So, understandably, the people hired at the beginning presume that they're gonna be given more. They should naturally presume that. Instead, they're given the regular daily wage. It is a good wage. And they grumble about this. If you were in their situation, how many of you would grumble? If you say you wouldn't grumble, you're just a pathetic liar. Of course you would grumble. It's the whole point of the story. You would be, you'd grumble, you'd be so surprised by this. So the land, they say, these people, we worked all day in the sun, we did the majority of the work, and yet these people get the full day's wage. So the landowner says to one of them, I'm paraphrasing, I have not done anything wrong to you. We agreed on this wage, that's true. And it is a good wage. Take what you have and go. My sense is it's like enjoy the fruit of your labor. Or am I not free to do what I want with my money? Well, in fact, you are free to do what you want. It's your money, you can do whatever you want. Or are you envious because I'm generous? That's exactly at the moment, that's exactly the truth. Envy is when I feel badly about somebody else having good things, right? We've all experienced envy. They are precisely envious. They're feeling bad because these people have $180. To me today, what I want to really push on you, are you envious in the story because I am generous? What I want to focus us all on today is generosity. The landowner's generosity is shocking because the landowner, this is not about the story, it's about God. Nobody can grasp how generous God is. God is infinitely generous. That first reading from Isaiah, centuries before Jesus, God says through Isaiah that God is generous and that God's ways are so much higher than our ways. It's like the distance between the earth and the heavens. Nobody can grasp how generous God is. We can only grow in beginning to understand. Every molecule in you is from the generosity of God. Every good reality we have, it only exists because God has generously given it to us. Whatever time, talent, treasure you and I have, it is all, we didn't make any of it. It all is from a generous God. We talked about this last week from the gospel reading. When God forgives even our slightest sin, because we can't get God's forgiveness, it's like God writes off a $7.2 billion debt. God is infinitely generous. So getting beyond this, well, going back to the story, but getting to us. Another person in that story might say, wow, I want to be around that guy, that landowner. Just from a crass point of view, I want to get a lot of, more of his money, or I want to be like him. He is so powerful. He's so happy. He's so free. He is doing what he wants to do and giving to people wildly. I want to be like him. That's what a Christian or a person of any faith is meant to be. That's actually one of, the, I think, one of the... Few things that people of all legitimate religions believe, they come to understand some of the generosity of God. If I want to grow as a godly person, I want to grow in generosity. A generous person has a depth of nobility of character, a depth of soul that gives liberally. A generous person gives more than you'd expect. A generous person is so confident and powerful and happy. That's God working in a human being who chooses to grow in God. I have lived plenty of my life as an ungenerous person. And I have grown in experiencing the power of generosity. So here is the direct connection that we do every year on this weekend in our community. This, week, every, this weekend, every year, we celebrate two milestones that really are fundamentally about the generosity of this community. I've never met a Christian who says, oh, I don't think it's right to be generous. We all say, of course, we should be generous. But like everything else, the proof is in how we live. It's not the talk, it's the walk. So this is a weekend of realistic assessment of us as a community in terms of generosity. Lived in Lawrence. So, milestone number one. 17 years ago, on September 30th, 2006, we as a community opened our Coruna Meal Center right next door. The unfortunate truth is, Lawrence continues to be the single economically poorest city in Massachusetts. Our average per capita income is $20,858 in a city where housing is, perplex- it's not perplexing, it's just horribly expensive. The fact is, today in Lawrence, 75% of children are at risk for hunger every single day. We have free food at every school, I believe, in this city, including Lawrence Catholic Academy, because of the economic realities of our families. We have free breakfast and free dinner every day at LCA because 75% of the children in this city are at risk for hunger. Catholicism 101 is Jesus teaches clearly in Matthew 25. In our final judgment and in our judgment right now today as Christians, Jesus repeats three realities, the first three back to us. When I was hungry, what did you do? When I was thirsty, what did you do? When I was a stranger, what did you do? We opened Cor Unum with the belief that we there are enough generous people to give their time, their talent, and then thirdly, their treasure to feed anybody who's hungry in Lawrence. We said we will open this and we will serve meals every day until there are no more hungry people. We serve now about 250,000 meals a year in that meal center. It is, a be- as most of you know, it's a beautiful restaurant, waiters and waitresses, restaurant quality food, it's just free, every single day for breakfast, every single day for dinner. Since September 30th, 2006, we have never failed to serve a scheduled meal at Cor Unum. Never. Through blizzards, through tropical storms, through power outages. Remember the old gas disaster five years ago this month? When this south side of the city was evacuated, we opened the doors for breakfast the next morning during the evacuation. And COVID, we opened those doors and served to-go meals for more than a year. That is generosity. When we were developing Coronum, there were plenty of nasty, mostly old people who said this was just stupid for whatever reasons. But there were other people in this community who sincerely told me it's not going to work. I had my dentist at the time worked in another food agency in Lawrence. And he said, you will never find enough people, because we only have two employees. You'll never find enough volunteers to run that place. We have thousands of volunteers, many of whom are you. If you have given your time and your talent, or if you're doing it now, to help feed hungry people in Lawrence, you are generous. You are a generous human being. Blessed are you for that, and thank you for that. If you're not yet a volunteer at Corunum, let's hope by next year at this time you're part of this reality because it makes you nothing but happy and if you're struggling with being generous there's your answer just go be generous yes second milestone this month this weekend every year we release our parish's annual financial report, financial report, money, money. Why is I am, a, I am just a pure soul. I don't talk about money in church. I'm a mystic. I float above this. I am offended when the priest talks about money and you're a jerk because it costs a lot of money to do the work of God in this parish. Our budget last year was about $1.2 million. We do so much as a community to serve God through this parish. These lights cost money, All of our religious education programs are free, obviously. That costs money. We have a very small, very hardworking staff. Believe it or not, they need to be paid. So it's a big budget in this community to do God's work. If you are a registered parishioner, you will hopefully this week, it's bulk mail. I have not received mine yet, but it's on the way. You'll receive this summary of our parish's annual financial report. It's also available in the welcome centers and the full report with every line item is available live on our website. You will find very good news. We, in the last fiscal year, which was July, 2022 through June, 2023, we balanced our budget. You would not think that would happen in 2023. In 2023, the last fiscal year rather, in every category of giving that you and I have, weekly offertory, monthly offertory, the Grand Annual Appeal, the spring collection, every single category increased. More generosity from 50,000 feet. This is a lie. We just in those four categories of giving we collectively give $850,000 to do God's work. Given the economy of Lawrence, that is logically impossible. Given the logic of God, which is as high above human ways as the heavens are the earth, generosity is much greater than logic. Those are 850000 real dollars of generous people Sacrificing. So here's the reality. So, this is really good news. The reality for the year ahead is everything's going well. We haven't added any categories of expense, and we are living in inflation. Been out to dinner lately? If you can afford to go out to dinner, kind of sticker shock. Paid insurance lately? Kind of sticker shock. So, in our parish, if we continue to give and we have just standard expenses, Based on inflation this year, we will have a deficit, and we can't have a deficit. So what I'm asking everyone to do, I think this is the fair way to do it, is starting this weekend for all of us to give 20% more. Let's say Eileen gives a whole lot of money. I could call Eileen and say give us even more, but that is, that's is—that's just not fair. That violates the spirit of stewardship, that we're all responsible if Jose, I hope, Jose, that you have a generous gift to St. Patrick's written in your will. Another option is we off Jose. But it seems so contradictory, right? So how about we all try to give 20% more and let's see what happens. So if you give $20 a week in the offertory, I'm asking you to give $24. If you give $50, I'm asking you to give $60. If you give $100 a week, I'm asking you to give $120. If you give $1 a week, I'm asking you to give $15. If you're a child, it's fine. If you're an adult, it's 2023, it's not 1933. One hour of work at minimum wage is $15. I ask you to do your first hour of work each week forgot and to put it into the basket. If your child, your small child is giving a dollar, I really do ask you to ask your child, have your child give a twenty-five. This is important to learn when we're young, or $1.20. The last part of this is this week we'll launch our grand annual appeal. Single most important collection we have each year in this parish. So again, if you're a registered parishioner, you will get in the mail a letter with an envelope attached to it, or these are available in the welcome centers. Our goal is to raise $195,000 at least in this collection. We always succeed at this collection for three reasons, quickly, 100% participation. The expectation is that every man, woman, and child in this parish will contribute to this collection If you are still one of these people who sits here and does not contribute, I hear they're opening a fantastic free buffet in purgatory. So make a choice. Be part of this collection. Number two, generous gifts. We've talked about that. And third, sacrificial. Jesus' love, which is the full revelation of love, is sacrificial. I am making this gift that hurts me, it hurts. I'm giving more money than I'm comfortable giving. I'm taking money that I really do want to hold on to and I'm living that love for the people of this community because I'm trying to grow in that love. I'm trying to grow in salvation. I'm trying to grow in sacrificial, generous love. I hope I have never asked you as your pastor, this is my 23rd grand annual appeal. I hope I've never asked you to do something and haven't at least done that myself. So this week, I got my letter from me. It's a little weird. I got my letter from me, and it told me how much I gave last year, and I sat down, and I calculated 20%, and I added another 5%, and I wrote a check that I believe is generous. It's 25% more than last year. I did this, and I'm really happy about this. As someone who has not always been generous, I feel powerful, I feel godly, and I feel free, and I hope you will be too. You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.